Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Thank you for your promises, your peace, your provision, your protection. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. We publicly thank you for last night. What you did in our women's ministry and through Pastor Jen under her guidance and under her hand. And Lord, all the amazing women in the Flourish ministry here, all the things they did and how they served and the men who helped as well, God. I thank you. They're such a blessing as well, God. And we thank you for what you're doing here. We believe that we have turned a corner, Lord God. We don't know what's next, but we know your promises and we know you're good and we know your timing is perfect. And God, we know you're faithful in the waiting. We know you're faithful in the hard times, Lord God. And like Pastor Jen's story, her testimony, God, we know you are faithful through it all. And you always do what you say you're going to do. You speak through people. You speak through circumstances. You speak directly to us through your word as an audible voice, as the still small voice or when you're speaking to our hearts but Lord we know that you keep your word you're not a man that you should lie we thank you and honor you tonight Father I thank you for this time I thank you for your people who are here tonight this is a divine appointment and Father we praise you for what you're doing in every aspect of this ministry I thank you for Wednesday nights and how you're ministering to people through the live stream and in person. Thank you Sunday mo for Sunday mornings. I thank you for the spiritual warfare classes that pastor teaches, my pastor. Lord, I thank you for children's ministry, King's Kids. I thank you for youth ministry 512 and the leaders over these departments. Thank you for audio and video. I thank you for that, God. I thank you for Surge, our classes in this ministry. I thank you for Shalom, the classes they give in the Spanish service. Thank you for Bible studies, Lord God, connect groups. And Lord, I just thank you because you're God. I'm not even going to ask anything right now, but I'm just going to thank you because you're already here tonight. And I've got to thank you again for last night. 400 women. Lord, I really thought my faith was something for a minute. I said, I'm believing for 300. I know it's going to happen. And you just blew that away. Wow. How humbling. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. To him be glory. To him be glory in Christ Jesus forever. Thank you, Father. And thank you that you know what we're going to ask before we ask it. And thank you that when we ask you, hear us. And thank you that your word is good. And thank you that you're the Alpha and the Omega. And thank you that, that you're the one who was and is and is to come. You've got it all covered, Lord. Thank you for dealing with us in our faith, through trials of faith. Thank you for dealing with our character, through trials of character. Thank you for dealing with our hearts, through trials of the heart. Thank you for reminding us and helping us to forgive 
helping us to walk in faith. Lord, it's all through you. And you, we live and move and breathe and have our existence. And we bless your name. And we honor you tonight. And we thank you, Father. I know it sounds crazy. And the wind here is crazy. But I thank you for the wind that blows out the noxious fumes of, of the oil and the impurities in the air. And we know you have your purposes, Lord God, even with the wind here. You are God. You are Lord of all. And everything you do, everything you do brings a benefit. We praise you and honor you tonight. We give you the glory. I thank you for your people, Father. Thank you for your people because they love you. Your people love you. And they didn't accidentally show up on a Wednesday night. They want to worship with their brothers and sisters. They want to hear the word. And I thank you for them. I'm honored to serve here. And we just give you all the glory tonight. All the praise. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen. Say hi to somebody if you would. Say hello. Tell them you love them. Tell them you missed them, but only if you really missed them. folks um you're all hardcore for being here on a wednesday night but man especially you ladies who were at the event last night <clears throat> just here you are here to hear the word again those of you men that helped me last night god bless y'all um dad and adrian and eric and we had some other guys help us and gino what's up sir fresh off work i thought gino told me yesterday i, I don't have to work but then he said no i have to work at eight and i'm like oh when you go into eight is that does that not count as work he's like well it's way later than I used to work. So, so I mean, you know, for a guy like Gino, 8 a.m. isn't even work, I guess. I mean, out in the oil field. So God bless you guys. Thank you for your acts of kindness and service last night. Was that a powerful meeting, ladies? Wow. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for that. That is our first order of business to thank God. That is great news tonight. A move of God has begun. We believe it. He's always moving, but man, I believe we've turned a corner. Um, is there any other good news? It can be related to last night or anything else. Yes, sir. <laughs> Broke the two-week barrier. And when you struggle with substances, two weeks is huge. When you struggle with an addiction of any kind, two weeks is huge. You say, man, I struggle with cussing. You went two weeks and didn't curse? That's a big deal. So praise God. <laughs> praise God. Congratulations, bro. Hang in there. Hang in there. We're here for you. So uh, any other good news tonight? Anybody else? So before I get into the Word, something I've been studying, I just want to talk about this briefly. But you know, there are those people who have a hard time believing in God or they're angry, angry with God because of evil in the world. Have you ever heard people say that? Well, if, he's, if God's there, then why does he allow bad things to happen? 
You know, number one, we live in a fallen world. Number two, people have free will. God didn't control everything, obviously, or he'd force us to serve him. Don't you agree with that logic? But did you know that evil points to God's goodness as well? You don't realize what a great job you have now until you look back at the last job and go, that was the worst job I've ever had. I'm so grateful for this job. You don't realize how good that God's goodness is until you've experienced some evil. God allowing evil in, in, in the world says he gives people a free will. He gave Satan and his fallen angels a free will. But he also says, look, I'm going to show you how good my goodness really is by when you're able to look and compare it with evil. You're going to see how good I am compared to the fallen heart of mankind and compared to Satan. You say, oh, but why does God allow these things? We're not going to understand everything, but I will tell you right now, even evil points to God's goodness because you go, man, that ain't God. That evil thing, that's not God. That is not God. I've been looking into that. And I, I'm a person of faith. I am, and I know you all are. And those on the live stream, you wouldn't be tuning in tonight unless you're a person of faith. But many times people will tell you, well, I don't, why would a loving God do this? And why would God, God, why would God send people to hell? Well, wait a minute. Don't people's rejection of Jesus, doesn't that send them to hell? God sets up guidelines. People don't obey them and then they blame God. Why is it so quiet in here? Have you noticed that? And we've been in those situations, even some of you believers. Well, why did God allow this? Mijo, you, you, you went against God's law. Said, man, I, I slept with some woman I didn't know first time, and I got AIDS. Well, you went against God's law. How are we going to blame that on God? So I just want to say this, that even evil points to God and how great he is. He's not evil. Scripture says in James 1, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is there's no shadow of turning. He's an unchangeable God. He is good. He is inherently, intrinsically, and completely and thoroughly good. But the world is filled with evil. I'm going to tell you right now, you start to serve God and really get into his word, you're going to see how good he is and how bad the world is and how awful man's wisdom can be apart from God. Say, so, oh, this is what I do, you know. Yeah, apart from God, mm, that's not going to work. So, keep worshiping God for his goodness. Man, if nothing else, you know, you've heard this before by great men and women of God. If God did nothing else for you, he's already done enough. Look over there at that cross. Let that be a reminder. Imagine the God of the universe, the God who died by execution so you could go to heaven. Count me in. I'm, I'm, I'm one of his kids. I believe. Somebody say, I believe. All right, man. Okay, let me get into the book of Jude tonight. I didn't want to be as ambitious yet. I'm not ready to do a book as long as Romans or Acts yet, so we're going to the book of Jude. It's the book right before Revelation. Don't laugh too much. If you have to laugh, get it out of your system. It's okay. Book of Jude is one chapter, but it's still a book. We are not going to get through the whole book or chapter tonight. We'll just say the book. But because you know me, I'm going to get hung up on a verse and go off probably. Praise God. So <laughs> let's go to the book of Jude. It is on page 988 in my Bible, but that doesn't help you at all, does it? That's an old church joke, so you don't even have to laugh. Book of Jude. Some of you have been in church your whole lives. You're like, oh, my gosh, rolling your eyes. They've been telling that joke since we were kids. I know. 
I still think it's funny. So this letter is from Jude, a slave in the Greek that is bondservant. A bondservant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. Let's hesitate right there. You're like, Pastor, we just started. We're hesitating. Yep. Here we go. Get ready. The reason I bring up the true meaning of that word slave, you can translate it as slave, but it's a bondservant. Many times in Scripture, in the New Testament, bondservant is a servant or slave by choice. This is not someone who's enslaved by Christ. God's coming out with a whip saying, you're my slave now. No, that's Satan. And I don't know who this is for on the live stream. I really feel like it could be or someone in this house. But I really feel like this is for someone on the live stream. You've wondered, you say, well, mm, I don't know, and serving God, and I, I miss all the, the onions and the, the garlic and the bread and all the whatever stuff was in Egypt and the fish and all this that we could eat. Uh-huh, you were miserable in the world. You were miserable in the world. Let's go back to that. that. Is it? What changed? Oh, this is amplified. And Brother of James, I was like, that looks exactly the same, except for writes this letter. A bond, nah, it's translated as bondservant here, of Jesus Christ and Brother of James. Thank you. That's an insightful translation there. A bondservant of Jesus Christ. I would rather be a bondservant to Christ than a stinking slave to the enemy or a slave to my thoughts, or a slave to my past, or a slave to my job, or to be in bondage. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That means not, he's not a hard taskmaster. People go, people go, you know what? Yeah, but the way the world was, and oh man, back in the day, and all this, uh-huh, you were miserable. And Satan said, I want it all. I don't just want 10% tithe. I want all of you, and I want to destroy you, and kill you, and send you to hell. And the Lord says, I'm asking for 10% tithe here. I'm asking for all of you in a different way, but I want you to love me with all of your heart and soul and strength and mind and will. Why? So he can be in relationship with you, and so you can have all the benefits of his word, his promises. Are those good promises, benefits? Man, God promises healing, blessing in every way, peace, unity. My goodness, why would you want to pass up that offer, right? So back to who Jude is. Says a slave or bondservant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. So historically, we believe and traditionally that Jude was another one of the brothers of Jesus. So scripture tells us in the gospels that his brothers didn't believe in him. Remember? They said, hey, you're going to be someone great. Why don't you go do your miracles in front of the people so that they'll see you? Someone who wants to make themselves great basically needs to promote themselves. They would mock him. Can you imagine, I've brought this up before, can you imagine if you had a brother, just put yourself in their shoes, put yourself in Jude's shoes if he truly was the brother of Jesus, we believe he is, or was, and you're growing up, and they're going, mom says you're special. How are you God in the flesh? <laughs> yeah, right. Who's your daddy for real? You know how people are. You ever read John chapter 8 where the Pharisees are arguing with him? They said, we know who our father is. We, we were not born of fornication. They were sticking it to him. They were saying he was born out of marriage because they didn't believe. Problem with the Pharisees? Here's what, this is what scares me to heaven. 
is what if the Pharisees really did think he was God and still, still hated him? You ever thought of that? Because he sure did fulfill all the prophecies. They couldn't have been that blinded, right? I don't know. It's just something to think about. But can you imagine at some point, Jesus dies and he rises again. Scripture says he, he appeared to James, his brother. Can you imagine he shows back up and says, yeah, you watched me die. I'm back. I told you I was God in the flesh, bro. My Lord and my God, <laughs> right? Wow, I should have listened. So we don't know the whole story with Jude, but we know that he wrote this little book here, and it's filled with interesting statements. He even quotes from the book of Enoch later on in this book. Spoiler alert. I don't recommend the book of Enoch. You can read it. I feel like the church fathers um, did not include Enoch in our canon, our holy writings, our scripture, because Enoch is, just isn't that edifying. It's a lot of talk about fallen angels and weird stuff. Um, it's not an evil book. It's just filled with facts. Do You know, I mean, we don't know. I don't know if it's been corrupted or what. But he's quoting from Enoch, and this was accepted as our scripture. So we know that Enoch, as it was originally written, was probably inspired by God, by the true Enoch. The one who was taken to heaven after 300 years, right? So... Um, you can read the book of Enoch if you want. I don't necessarily recommend it. It's just, it's very, um, <laughs> it's very different from a lot of other books in the Bible. It talks about the fallen angels and all this stuff and his visions and all of these things. And we know that Enoch was a man of God. But he does go on to quote from the book of Enoch. Peter does as well. So that had to originally been a legitimate book written by Enoch. So this is Jude. And he says, a slave or bondservant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I'm writing to all have been, who have been called by God, who loves you and keeps you safe. Oh, sorry, God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. Let me read that part again. I'm writing to all who have been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. Beautiful, verse 2. Someone say verse 2. Making sure you're awake. I know you served last night or you came to the meeting and some of you are like, I just worked all day. I'm just tired. All right. Don't worry. You know I never go long. Verse two. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. That sounds ideal, doesn't it? Why is mercy important? I'd like to open up the floor. Why is mercy important? I've got some good answers. Well, what I think are good answers for you. But why do you think mercy is important? What's that? We're not perfect. <clears throat> it's a good, direct, simple, truthful answer. Why else is mercy important? Someone else wants to repeat, we're not perfect, right? How about looking at it this way? I need mercy, but I need to give mercy to people. I need forgiveness, but I need to give forgiveness. You ever met someone who wants all of God's forgiveness, but they don't want to forgive people? Well, Jesus said, if you don't forgive, then you won't be forgiven either. Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. When you give mercy, you get mercy. Man, I've given some mercy in some strange situations, and people around me are going, you, you know... I'm exaggerating. This is hyperbole. This is for literary effect. But people around me going, you need to just kill them already. Banish them from your presence. Get rid of them. Tie them up. Call the cops. 
Be done with them. Be sick of them. And I've been merciful with people to my own hurt probably. But you know what? One day they will stand before God and God will say, "Mm mm-hmm. Pastor Matt dealt with you, and he shouldn't have gone that long with you, but man, he was merciful. And I'm probably wrong on several counts on just, not that I needed to just take away mercy. I needed to just correct them and be done with them and, and, and have a clean break. I am not probably not the most merciful person ever, but I do remember that that's one of the lessons my mama taught me that stuck. She told me a couple times in my life, she said, babe, be merciful. I'll never forget the echo of her little words, that little five foot, two and a half woman telling me, be merciful. It was as God spoke to me. It's like the room shook. Yes, yes, ma'am, you're right. And I knew at a young age, I knew scripture said, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain and receive mercy. Don't you ever forget that. Don't you love it when someone goes, ah, yeah, you know what? We're going to make an exception for you. And in the heavens, God's going, "Uh uh-huh, because he made exceptions for others. Because she gave them mercy. Give mercy, all right? Give mercy. May God give you more and more mercy. This is powerful, though, because it's saying, may God give you mercy, I believe, for you to give, and may, may he give you more mercy directly to you from himself. So I need God's mercy, and I need to give mercy. Is everyone in agreement with me? All right. Peace? Oh, yes, in Jesus' name, Lord, give me more and more peace. Give me more and more peace. And somebody needs to hear this tonight. You don't have to figure out everything. We call it, those who have been in church a while, you say that, we call it putting God in a box. I need to figure out and know exactly why and all this. No, Deuteronomy 29, 29, there's high and lofty things that God has not made us responsible for. He's made us responsible for face value of his word. There's some revelation he's gonna give us, but you're not gonna know everything. You are not. God's plan continually develops and unfolds. It's like a rug. Have you ever seen a rug or carpet? You roll it out. You can't see it all at once. You start to see it as it unrolls and it develops and it unfurls. So may God give you peace as you see his plan unfold. I believe there's somebody in here, at least two or three of you, said, man, yeah, but I need to get this show on the road. We'll keep seeking God. Remember, God's not usually... Now, let me say this. We're not usually waiting on God, my dad used to say, is God's waiting on us. He said, well, why hadn't God done this yet? You were not ready for that. You were not ready for that. We gotta be faithful in the little. Man, I, I think it was a country song, man. This dude's probably carnal, but he was one of the great country guys. He's still around touring and stuff. What, what did that song say? Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Some of the things we prayed for, Some of y'all better be glad. Y'all prayed for him or her. You better be glad God didn't give you him or her. They were a living Satan. You say, yeah, but he looked good. Mm -hmm. I looked a lot better in high school with hair on. Thank God I'm God's will for my, my sweet wife, and I'm charming. But, hey, I'm telling you, stuff changes. And I don't know who's listening to this tonight, but you're single, you're looking for the right uh, man or woman, make sure they are a person of God. It's amazing to me how many churchgoers just show up and go, well, yeah, but, I, but pastor, I love him. Well, go on and do it then. You go ahead. You love it, you like it. No, yeah, how does it go? You like it, I love it. You go right ahead. You go right ahead. But I also have the free will to say, no, I'm not gonna marry y'all. 
I haven't done that yet directly. I've just told people, let's meet for marriage counseling. They're like, no, I'm too busy, but we want to get married tomorrow. I'm like, okay, bye. We want to get married tonight. You know how many calls we've gotten like that over the years? And I'm going to give mercy, and I'm going to be at peace. And you know another way I'm going to be at peace is by doing things that do not violate my conscience. And this leads us to love. If I walk in love with people, I don't have to just say rude things that are hurtful, say, oh, that's true, that's the truth. That's the truth, but it's hurtful. Well, I don't always have to speak the truth to people's face right then if it's hurtful. I need to walk in love. Scripture says speak the truth in love. Sometimes you say something, sometimes you don't. Can you imagine if Jesus would have said something every time something needed to be corrected? And he corrected a lot of stuff, but I guarantee you he did not direct. He didn't address everything. He's reading people's minds and everything else. Can you imagine? Hey, stop thinking about the soccer game. Can you imagine being at one of Jesus' services? Hey, shut up. Nobody said anything. No, you, you know what you just said. Shut up. Walk in love. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Let's move on. Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. Look at his plan here. He said, I've been, I've been planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write what? I'm skipping a word right there. Mika, I'm so sorry. Can you shrink that, that time for me? It's starting to block words. I know that is a great idea, and I loved it at first. But, but now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. Mm. Urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. God has entrusted you with the faith, the faith of his kingdom. God has placed you in his kingdom. Isn't that something? Hmm. For God to entrust us with the mystery of his grace. Man, the apostle Paul writes about this stuff. Powerful. Let's move on to the next thing. Verse 4, I say this because some ungodly people have wormed, someone say wormed, they've wiggled their way into your churches saying that God's, oh, this is going to get good. Y'all ready? Fasten your seatbelts. I am going to get hung up right here, I predict. Saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. People are preaching that as we speak tonight. You've heard it. You may have thought it. It may have not been an original thought, but people have said, hey, God's grace, is a, it's a free pass to sin. It says right here and in numerous places in Romans and other places, it says, watch this, uh-uh. I say this because some ungodly people, verse 4, have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago. For they have denied our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Let's go back to the beginning of that verse, if you don't mind. Thank you. That's better. That's perfect. Thank you. So folks love to say this. and It says, ungodly people, right? Keywords. Ungodly people found their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. What is God's grace? It is his empowerment to live right. It's also his... Seemingly endless supply of mercy and favor. 
You think God gives you mercy and favor so you can just go on sinning? No, that would mean that we're able to spit on the blood of Jesus and his holy cross. If God's worth serving, oh man, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. If God's worth serving, child, then serve him or go back to the world. You go spit and step on, on the blood of Jesus and trample it underfoot like scripture says, then just, just, it doesn't, hey, I'm not saying there's no passes for our weaknesses, but I mean there are people who are living ungodly, immoral lives intentionally practicing sin and saying, yeah, but at the same, I'm, I'm gonna be in the church too. People have preached about this for years. They call it riding the fence. I'm not gonna be in God's kingdom and I'm not gonna be in the devil's kingdom. I have an understanding with God, uh-uh. Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. And I love saying this just for shock value. I like shock value. Y'all know that about me, especially some nights and some days more than others. But if you are not serving God actively, then you are serving Satan. Does that make sense? That's real basic theology right there. I'm not a theologian. You either serve God or you don't. You say, yeah, but I don't serve God, but I don't serve the devil. I serve myself. If you've made yourself a God, you you have decided to serve Satan. I know everyone in here serves God in this house and those on the live stream and everyone who's going to listen to this. But let, it, let this give you pause and you think about this. Whether it's you or someone else in the future who says, yeah, but I have an understanding with God. Oh, no, his grace allows me to just get my sin on. No, his grace allows for forgiveness and for you to repent and to not practice sin. People saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. No, thank you. Mm -mm. If God's worth it, if you've chosen him, then go all out and serve him. My dad said for years, otherwise go first class. Go to hell first class. You've heard him say that in spiritual warfare classes. He probably preached it when I'm not here on Sundays. I don't have any control over what that man says. He's going to do what he wants. During COVID, he'd wear a mask anywhere. He'd walk in. Here dad is, you know, five, all of him, all five, six of him going, I'm exempt. Were you going to tell him no? One guy, one guy told me years ago, he said, man, how tall is your dad? About six foot? I said, he comes across as much taller than he is. I said, he's nowhere near six foot. I'm closer to six foot, and I'm nowhere near six foot. It's, it's godly authority. That's godly authority. And dad has said that for years. You're going to go first class, go all the way for God, or go all the way for the devil. Let me let that soak in for a minute. This is not editing. This is me pausing, those of you listening to the audio. Let that soak in. Go first class for God or the enemy, but choose this day who you will serve. Will it be the ancient gods of your ancestors like Joshua said, or is it going to be the Lord God Almighty, the true God, the one God? Hmm, Let's move on. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only master. Someone say our only master. You cannot serve two, can you? You either serve one and hate the other, or love one and hate the other, or hate one and love the other. you, you got to serve Jesus or, or the world, the world system. And the world system, by default, is satanic. Verse 5, Jude goes on to say, So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, a powerful way of saying it, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he did what? He destroyed those who did not remain faithful. There's levels of grace and mercy 
meaning no one is exempt from God's judgment if they continue to sin. Is everyone here? I say this in love and I speak the truth in love, so help me God. He's called us to not live a life of sin once you've accepted Jesus. Once you've received knowledge of the truth, we don't just go on and just keep living how we want. We, now, we come to a decision place and a turning point in the valley of decision and you say, hmm, I'm serving God today. This is the clean break. And I know you have done that here in this house. I know you have. You say, I am serving God. I will no longer serve the world system, myself, or Satan. Let's read that verse again, verse 5. I want to read all of it. I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he what? He destroyed those who did not remain faithful. Those people in the desert, those Israelites, you ever read through this stuff? I'm in the Old Testament right now. Man, they complained, they complained. God, you brought us out here to kill us. And they saw a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day to give them shade. And they still didn't believe. And manna fell from heaven and they didn't believe. And when they wanted meat, guess what? Quail showed up miraculously and they still didn't believe. And God did miracles and they didn't believe. Man, let's not be like that. Scripture calls it an evil heart of unbelief. When you continue to deliberately say, I do not believe God. You know, the, I say the best way, the worst way to doubt God is to not obey his word once you're a believer. That is an evil heart of unbelief, not being faithful to God. Wow. Verse 6. We're going to get into something else here. You know what? Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to read this verse. I'm going to read verse 6. Michal, would you take that baby out for me, please? Thank you. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority. Someone say authority. God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. Wait, what angels? Who would do that? Scripture says Satan deceived one-third of the angels. Boy, he must have been a better than any used car salesman you've ever met. Can you imagine Satan in heaven going, guys, I'm going to overthrow God. You want to join me? That sounds like lunacy. It's absurd. He talked one-third of the angels. We don't know how many countless millions or billions or trillions of angels there are. But he, look, it says, I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. This is also referring to something else. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness waiting for the great day of judgment. Now, Satan deceived angels, but then at some point, they, they were fallen angels. Some of those who had been deceived at some point said, we're going to go down to earth and we're going to take human women as wives. And that was, that was too far. They'd already rejected God. Now they rejected his plan for mankind. They were not supposed to coexist or mix with humanity that way. That's a crazy thing. I guess they could come in human form, these male angels, and be with women. And that's where you have the races of giants coming from these fallen angels. The book of Genesis talks about that. But now they're securely chained in prisons of darkness waiting for the great day of judgment. So my assumption is that not all the fallen angels did that because they're not all chained up in darkness, okay? Interesting stuff going on here. You go back and reread it later and look into it. Once again, I don't recommend the book of Enoch, but it wouldn't be bad if you looked at it. That's between you and God. This is really wild stuff. So I'm going to stop there. You say, man, this is crazy. So let me, let me just read this one more time. 
And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. Meaning, don't play games with God. God brings his judgment eventually. You get one bridge too far? You get too far with it? You say, no. You know what? That's Man, I remember growing up thinking, man, I can't just keep ignoring, ignoring God on these things because what if he stops calling me? I never want to get to the place where I have such a hardened conscience that I'm, I can't hear God's spirit or be convicted. We don't ever want to be to that place. And I give, I give believers a warning. That's for all of us is we want to keep our hearts soft in God's presence. That's why you're at church on a Wednesday night. That's why you're checking this out on the live stream. You want to stay close to God. You want to hear the word. Someone say, hear the word. God bless you guys for being such good listeners. Let's pray, if you would, please. Is there anyone at the sound of my voice tonight who would say, you know what, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Never. If that's you, raise a hand. You say, man, I'm, if I died, I, I would go to hell based upon what the Word says. I've never accepted Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. And even if there's no hands raised in this house, let's pray together for the benefit of the live stream tonight in case someone checks this out tonight or later and they can accept Jesus as their Lord as you have. Repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me. Please forgive me because I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I need you, Lord. Forgive me, oh God. I believe and I confess Jesus as my Lord. And I believe he died and rose again for me, for my sin. I believe. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. These are your promises. And I'm your child now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Everyone in the house, raise your hand. Let me just pray a blessing over you. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 27. May the Lord bless and protect you, smile upon you, and be gracious to you, give you of his.